friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In episode 38, Sasha continues her discussion on mom guilt. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. everyone. It's your host, Sasha Shilkut. I'm super excited today to come back and finish talking about mom guilt slash life guilt. And how do you recognize it? How do you deal with it? And how do you make sure that it's not in the driver's seat? First, I want to invite you to an amazing event. If you're listening and you're a woman who feels like you need a reset, I want to personally invite you to come with me in January of 2020 and hit pause. This is going to be a four day excuse me, four night, five day event in Florida. It's the Brave Enough Retreat and it's going to be amazing. I have 12 hours, so four hours over a three day period each morning where we're gonna go inside and we're gonna ask ourselves some really good questions about our life objectives, our life goals, and really what it means to live a life of authenticity and confidence. And I know for myself that in the last several years, Every January, I kind of feel this need to just hit pause. And I try to take a day of vacation where I just sit with my journal and ask myself some really difficult questions. What did I finish in the last year? What am I proud of? What am I not proud of? How's my health? You know, put a pulse um, or put a, you know, just check the pulse of my health and well-being and my mindset. And I think that if we don't often stop and do that, then guess what? No one does it for us. It's up to us. And we often find ourselves on paths where we are continuing habits that aren't healthy. And so I try to do this in January and I really realize that, man, there are other women probably need this too. So I take about 20 women and we retreat and we hit pause and we ask ourselves these really hard, but great questions. We get to know one another and then we have fun. It's a beautiful estate um, on four acres that I've rented and you are going to love it. And guess what? You get to hang out with me and we get to know each other and it's just a blast. You're going to be with other women that you also are going to get to know and everything's taken care of. You just have to show up. So if you're interested, go to becomebraveenough.com and check out the events page. Page. Maybe you're more of an introvert. Maybe you don't want to go to a conference, but you'd love to hit pause and just give yourself the gift of retreat and reflection. So today we're going to talk about a topic that several of you asked me to cover. And I actually have been avoiding this topic for a long time because I feel like I'm in the middle of parenting myself. I'm a full-time physician. I have a full-time career and I also have four children who I love with all my heart. And for years, I really struggled with this feeling of mom guilt. And in the first part of the show, if you haven't listened to part one, I really want to encourage you to stop right now and go back and listen to that episode. It's about 22 minutes. And so I really want to encourage you to listen to that one before this one, because we kind of went through what mom guilt is where we formulate it, the fact that we actually create it in our own mind and we carry it with us. And the even scarier thing is that sometimes we allow that guilt to sit in the driver's seat and make crucial decisions for us on actions that we take in our day and things that we accept or do not accept or opportunities that we say yes to or say no to. And if we are making decisions from a place of guilt, it's a really unhealthy place to be. So we break that down in part one. In part two today, I really want to talk about how to let the crazy go, okay? So it's taken me a long time to recognize that 
sometimes when we are a person who has really good intentions and we care about people, we will find ourselves surrounded by crazy. (laughs) Okay. Like if you ever think, if you're thinking to yourself, like, why is my life so crazy? Why is it so dramatic? Well, you know, you definitely are probably attracting some of that. Um, and I'm just being really blunt. You could be attracting it and not even knowing it because you're coming from a place of really good intention and kindness and vulnerability. And all of those things are great attributes. You know, I'm not telling you to change yourself, but most of the time, if you allow yourself to be surrounded by crazy, it's because you have done exactly that. You've just allowed it, it allowed crazy to stick to you. And I'm not talking about crazy people because um, I'm talking about like thoughts, Okay. So I'm not saying like this person's crazy. I really try not to put that label on people, um, as someone who, um, understands what mental illness is and who at times has struggled with, um, anxiety myself. I I really hate that label. I'm talking about crazy thoughts, crazy ideas, um, things that are just dramatic and crazy and stories we make for ourselves. You may be actually creating that for yourself. And the good news is if you are, you can change it. And one of those things that I call crazy is mom guilt. Like when I just break it down, it's kind of crazy, um, to be, to feel guilty for being a mother and having a career. Okay. I do not think you should have to feel guilty or crazy about that. And that's what I'm talking to about when I use the word crazy. So I want to talk to you how you can let those crazy thoughts go and just let the guilt go and that you can actually be successful and not have to live this life of constantly feeling like you have failed someone. Okay. So the truth about being a working mother is number one, it is hard. I don't, I I know a lot of people post, you know, pictures of themselves on Instagram that where they're working and they're in this beautiful office with like, you know, a computer and everything's pink and silver and gorgeous behind them. And I myself have been thinking like, oh, I should really take some pictures. And then, oh, they have pictures of their beautiful families. But the real, (laughs) real life, if you followed me around, you would see piles of paper. You would see junk drawers. You would see closets that need to be organized. You would see kids having meltdowns. You would see me having a meltdown. Okay. That's normal life. So the first thing about being a working parent is it is hard. Okay. I don't have to tell you that, you know that, but hard is normal, right? So it is a balance and it is only a balance that you can actually understand and appreciate for what works for you. And this is huge. Okay. This is, this is the huge thing. It's okay to ask for help. If you are a working mom or a working dad and you don't have help, you are probably really on the verge of burning out. So a lot of times we have created a model and we talked about this in the first episode for ourselves of what a parent is. And it is based on either positive things you saw your parents do or negative things you saw your parents do or a positive, an absent parent or a parent that was there. And we create this model of how, what a successful parent is for ourselves. But what we didn't probably see as children, um, was all of the help that was required to raise us. And so when we all of a sudden have careers and then we decided to have a family and we decide to meld these things, we carry all this guilt because we're not living up to the model. But what we don't realize is that we need help. We need to ask for help. So if there's one thing that I want you to come away from this episode listening is that it is okay to ask for help. It is normal to need help to parent and have a career. I don't know 
how I could do half of what I do without a significant tribe of people helping me. And I used to feel really guilty about that. I mean, I used to feel guilty that I even had a nanny or that I had per people in my house helping me. And let me tell you what actually changed my thought about this. It was a fictional book. I, I'm trying, I'm blanking on the name, but it was a series I read about a woman investigator and she was a private investigator in, in Africa. And, um, she worked in this small, uh, country in Africa where she actually, you know, was probably middle-class and she employed other women to help her. Um, she had someone helping her as her assistant. She had someone helping her in her home and she, in the book, they were kind of, it was a parody making fun of American women and how American women think they have to do everything and how arrogant they are because they think they have to work and take care of their kids and clean their house and do, and cook and shop and do all this and how it's actually offensive in this country because to them it's about community and helping each other and investing in the community and hiring other people is actually a sign of respect. And I was like, Oh my goodness this book is making fun of me. (laughs) This is me. I think I have to do everything. I'm ashamed to ask for help. Why is that? And I really broke it down and I thought, okay, you know, I could have X amount of funds and do everything myself, or I could have less funds and ask for help, but actually be a little more balanced and probably be a better parent because I'm actually having people help me and paying for help that maybe I'll have less income but I will have more time with my kids or I'll have more well, well-being, more time to help myself, more time to exercise, which will actually result in a more balanced Sasha. I'm not telling you to go out and hire people. Um, and I'm not trying to guilt you into that. I'm just telling you what works for me because I'm a very honest person. I have learned that I can do with less in my income uh, if I hire help because I'm actually more well. So... I choose to ask for help and hire helpers. And here's the thing. Sometimes I hire helpers just for a period of time. Sometimes I hire helpers for, you know, a month or two or to do this specific project with me. Um, I'm very open about that because I don't want to give the impression that I'm running a side business and I'm a full-time professor and I'm an anesthesiologist and I just do all this myself. That is not the case. I have a lot of help and yes, it comes with significant um, sacrifices in my income, but that to me is worth it because I can't do everything. I can't be the mom and the doctor and do it all myself. And this fictional book, which was actually just kind of, it was a great story, but it was also also kind of making fun or pointing out the differences in American women was really convicting to me. And I realized like, man, why do I think I have to do everything? That's kind of arrogant. So once I changed my mindset around it and asked for help and started hiring helpers, um, my well-being got better. And that's just the truth about working motherhood from my perspective. Um, now I know I'm going to hear from a lot of people who are like, well, you're a doctor, you make X amount of money, you can hire helpers. You know, maybe you're a single parent and you are, uh, uh, there are single income and you, um, don't have the ability to do that. 
I would really challenge you to find your a community of women because there's probably other women that are like you and you can help one another. I know a lot of women who don't have physician salaries that actually lean on each other and help each other through their churches, through communities, through organizations. And here's the thing. There are a lot of, you know, young teens. I hire them often to help me who need projects for a mission trip or something like that. And they, you know, need a project to help with for um, so many hours and then they'll take a donation. So I just want to encourage you to think strategically and help each other as well. Um, Here's the second thing, you know, I have learned to really do an internal check when someone asks me to do something, whether now I'm talking about whether it's my family or whether it's my career. If someone asks me to do something and I don't want to do it, I do a little thought download on that. Okay. Why don't I want to do it? Do I don't want to do it because, um, I actually just won't enjoy it. Um, or is this coming? Am I feeling guilty? Okay. If it's, if, if guilt is at all in the play of whether I'm, what the decision is I'm making, I just stop. And I ask myself, why do I feel guilty? Am I, why am I starting to feel like I should do this? And where's this guilt coming from? Is it coming from my spouse? Probably not. My husband is very supportive and rarely makes me feel guilty. Is it coming from um, an outside source? Maybe something I've seen on Instagram that I think I should do because someone else is doing it. You know what? That's really not a good idea. Am I, is it coming from a place that someone told me I can't do it, so therefore I'm going to try to prove that I can? Again, not a good place to make a decision. And I'm only speaking because I've made all these mistakes, you guys. I've done things just to prove I can do them when I actually did not enjoy what I was doing. I've said yes to things purely out of guilt just to keep up with the Joneses. I've done all these things. So I'm being really honest with you because I've made these same mistakes. Um, And here's the thing that I tell women all the time who come to me and they're really struggling. You are the mom that God chose for your kid. Okay. Nobody knows how to love your kid probably as much as you do. If you're listening to this, you probably are listening because you have mom's guilt, which that in itself probably means you're a very good parent. Join the club. So be confident in your parenting. You know, you are the person that God chose as their parent. God could have chose many different people and he chose you. So realize that, you know, you are the perfect parent for your child. Are you a perfect parent? No. But are you the perfect parent for your child? Yes, you are. And I know there's a lot of kids that have learning disabilities. There's kids that have um, mental illness. There's kids that have, you know, just struggles because life is hard. Teenage years are hard. Toddler years are hard. Lots of, lots of things going on out there. And I hear from parents all the time that are like, oh my gosh, I'm really struggling. Why why is my child doing this? And it's, they always think it's a reflection on them. I want to just encourage you and tell you that honestly, just have peace knowing that you are the parent your child needs. Does that mean you're going to make perfect decisions all the time? No. But does that mean that guilt should have a play in how you parent? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, I've made mistakes as a parent that I've looked back and gone, man, why did I respond that way? Why did I say that to him or her? Why did I do that? I should have done this. Why did I miss this event? I should not have missed that event. And the thing is that it's good to look back and learn from our mistakes. Okay. We all make mistakes. And honestly, that's where growth is, is learning from them. But guilt doesn't have any value in moving forward. I don't know about you, but 
uh, guilt is not an emotion that's going to motivate me to do be, to be better. If anything, it's going to motivate me to do something just purely to please someone, but it's not going to motivate me to actually be a better parent. So I really want to encourage you. It does n- it's not a parenting, a good parenting motivator. And so remove that. So how do we recognize when we're having these crazy thoughts? Well, the thing is we can recognize limiting beliefs. And when we're starting to feel guilty, I want you to just pause. I want you to take one minute and think, okay, why am I, why is guilt playing a role in this decision-making? Where's it coming from? 99% of the time, you're going to recognize it's coming from you. Then you're going to recognize it's coming from a model that you've created in your head, a story that says something like, if I do this, I will be a good mom. If I don't do this, I'm a bad parent. Or if I say yes to this, I'm a great friend. If I say no, I'm a bad friend. And And see what happens then is we do things that are not our authentic self. Okay. So, you know, for example, I had a friend that was constantly asking me to go to yoga. Okay. Now all of you know that I hate yoga. (laughs) There's, there's like Sasha and then there's yoga. And these two things are incompatible. Like I cannot do yoga. I just, it's so painful for me. I cannot turn off my brain. Um, and I can't, I I just can't do it. So she was constantly like, let's go to yoga. And finally I was like, okay. And then finally one time I was thinking, this is not being a friend. I, if I was really wanting to be a good friend, I would tell her, actually, I hate this. So I was like, you know what? I actually hate this. I hate everything about this. I do not want to do this. And she was like laughing. She was like, why didn't you tell me this? I never knew you hated it. I'm like, I hate it. So that's authenticity. And when we do things out of guilt, which is what I was doing when I was hanging out with her doing stupid yoga that I seriously detested the entire time. Why was I doing it? I was doing it out of guilt. Cause I was like, well, this is the story I've told myself. Good friends do things they don't want to do with their friends. No, actually adult friends can tell their adult friends they don't want to do something. <laughs> that's, that's pretty normal. So I I'm telling you this because sometimes I think that we don't even recognize what those limiting beliefs are. So my belief was friends do what friends ask. And that was actually wrong. Um, friends spend time with one another and are honest with one another. And I had to change my limiting belief. And another thing is, you know, I've kind of created in my mind, um, okay, I'm going, I have to be at this many events to be a good mom. And if I went to this event for this child, I have to go to this event for this child. That is just keeping up, keeping track for me. I was creating this in my mind, these rules in my mind that were actually unrealistic and not true. My sons would rather have me spend time with them than be at every single game. Now, are they sad when I miss things? Yes, but do they care that I come home late and I go up and I lay with them in their bed and I talk to them about it or I ask them about it or I get to debrief with them about it? Yeah. Do they like when I spend time with them doing other things? They are going to appreciate the actual quality of the time that you spend with them. And they understand when you're struggling and when you can't make everything, they get it. So 
I'm not telling you it's okay to miss things. Only you know what you can miss and what you can't. But, you know, I had created these, this rule book in my mind, which looking back was crazy. I had to let that crazy go. There was no way I was going to be able to make every single rule in the rule book happen. Um, so that's just an example of how I had to let my crazy go in these crazy thoughts and how affirmations are so positive. So maybe you're listening and you're really struggling you know, and I want to be sensitive to that. Maybe you're listening and you're like, man, every day I wake up and I feel like I'm a failure as a parent or a failure as a daughter or a failure as a, as a husband or a failure as a father or a brother or whatever, who you're failing. You're failing someone in your life because you also have it. Or maybe you're failing your career. You feel like you wake up and you're like, gosh, I feel like I'm okay with my family, but man, I'm failing with my kids. It's an ebb and a flow. Okay. There is no way that at every point of your life, you're going to be killing it in all the areas. It is okay to be really strong in one area right now and put other things on the back burner. In fact, when I take women through the masterclass, which is a 12 week intensive, I tell them you're going to be adding one hour a week to your week with this class. That means You're going to have to find one hour to let go. That means your house may not be perfect. Um, You may have to skip a certain thing that you do and you are going, do not feel guilt about it. Do not. When we try to work on certain areas, maybe one of your kids needs a lot of attention right now. That's okay. Maybe you're not spending enough time because that one issue is requiring a lot of attention in your family or your work on other issues. Give yourself grace, ladies and gentlemen. We, we try to get this all or nothing thing in our mind where we have to be all or nothing. And that's just impossible. It's impossible to, you know, I see Instagram and I see like, oh, slay every day and, you know, rule your best life every day and all these things. And I'm thinking, this is like, nobody can do that. There's not a person on the planet who can fulfill all of these, you know, all the time, 110% effort. It's just not possible. So maybe there's some area of your life that you're really working on. Give yourself grace in the other areas. And it's the same with mom guilt or life guilt. Don't feel guilty that you've had to put pause on other areas of your life. If you're really trying to focus on fixing or working through one specific area or problem or project or person that's okay. And I know for me as a parent, you know, once I threw out the rule book that said I had to go to this many things. And if I go to this thing, then I have to go to this thing for this child. I can't miss this thing. I stopped doing that. And guess what? It was like one big collective breath. And all of a sudden parenting became easier. And I became more engaged because I wasn't stressing about what I wasn't accomplishing. I wasn't driving in a place of guilt. Okay. Guilt was not in the driver's seat. And I wasn't making decisions based on guilt. So just as a recap, remember that 99% of the guilt that you're probably feeling about how you're doing in parenting or life or relationships is coming from you. Do an internal check on that. The second thing is that motherhood is really hard. Working motherhood is really hard. It's okay to ask for help. It is okay to ask for help. And also you are the parent that your child needs. You are. So take confidence in that and comfort in that. You're doing the best you can. And I hope that I have encouraged you today to look at your limiting beliefs and figure out those affirmations. And as always, live brave. This has been an HSG production. 